And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Matt Murphy, this is Red Eye Radio. Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. Thank you to Gary. Thank you to Eric for allowing me the opportunity to speak with you nationwide, all across America and around the globe. It is Red Eye Radio. Would love to hear from you this morning. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. We continue our discussion on presidential politics. I mean, why not? It's the final week of 2023, and 2024 is that big election year that we've all been waiting for. It is a reckoning of sorts for many of us who believe that we had victory snatched from the jaws of defeat, or defeat snatched from the jaws of victory. I always get those mixed up in the 2020 election cycle for a variety of reasons, reasons that we've been discussing tonight and this morning on Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE. Some of the updates on headlines that we've been covering for you. Migrant caravan, another migrant caravan headed to the southern border. More than 730,000 migrant encounters have besieged the southern border since October 1st. October, November, December. Less than three months, almost three quarters of a million individuals have been known to been to have have been encountered at the southern border, not apprehended, not turned away, encountered. They have been welcomed in by the Biden administration. They give it a stop to this if they wanted to. They don't want to. Uh, their calculus is that it might do a little bit of short-term damage for long-term political good for them. Speaking of politics, several of you want to comment on exactly what you believe is going on in presidential politics. Donald Trump's got about a four-percentage-point lead in, in one of the latest national polls that I was looking at. And I normally don't look at these things, but I do think it's of interest considering that um, the Democrats have a decision to make in January of 2024. And that decision revolves around whether or not this old nag of a horse that they call Joe Biden can get him to the finish line one more time. I mean, he ran from his basement, for goodness sake, in 2020 and was able to secure an election victory. And we've gone over some of the reasons why that was primarily COVID and the final year of the Donald Trump presidency and the the manner in which COVID affected the way that we went to the polls and voted in 2020. And a lot of us, and I put myself in this number, 
We've been waiting for this opportunity, and the year is here. And before you know, I tell you, this thing's going to move quickly. It will move quick. For anyone else, has did 2023 go by kind of like that? Feels that way for me. I don't know about you. Bonnie is next in Texas with a thought on presidential politics. Bonnie, I'm glad you called. Welcome to Red Eye Radio. Hi, how are you? I I'm doing usually well. listen. I listen to them every morning, and I really just have something that um, has been on my mind about Jack Smith, the special counsel. Um, I do not believe that uh, being elected by the Justice Department, that that's constitutional. And I know that there was a brief that was just filed in the Supreme Court, and nobody is really talking about that. And I think the cases that he has going against Donald Trump should be thrown out. And I don't know why nobody has mentioned that. Now, what do you mean when you say that that Jack Smith has been unconstitutionally appointed? Explain that to me. Well, what my personal personally, I do not because the Justice Department, I don't believe, is allowed to elect a special counsel. I think they have to be elected in a different way, probably by Congress or somebody else. But by having been elected by the Justice Department, and then bringing the cases that he's burned against Donald Trump, I do not believe that they should stand up, and I think that they should be thrown out. Well, I I do understand, and we've had discussions in the past about whether or not um, there is any constitutional authority for Jack Smith to prosecute Donald Trump. Um, I understand. I mean, there are many respected individuals uh, that I've heard from that have indicated to me that they do do believe that his appointment was unconstitutional, that he is powerless to obtain any sort of decisions about immunity or anything else uh, based on, I, I think it was, was it Edwin Meese? I want to say that it was yes. Edwin Meese uh, that yes. that said this. It, 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 does that, is that familiar to you, Bonnie? Yes, absolutely. I mean, of course it is. And he is the person, I believe, who did file the brief with the Supreme Court. And, um, you know, when you are, are given that power by anybody, you should at least have some constitutional authority to do the job. And unfortunately, he's not. And I think he's just, quote, unquote, a hitman that was sent in there to make Donald Trump's life miserable and I don't think it's going to hold water. Well, he is the latest in a long string of attempts, no question, on the part of the liberal elites in Washington, D.C., to prevent Donald Trump from furthering uh, the purpose of draining the swamp and getting us back to constitutional authority from the federal perspective in the United States of America. Donnie, uh, uh, Bonnie, thank you for the call. I'm, try- I'm trying to... I'm not able to do that for some reason. Oh, there it goes. Uh, thank you for the call, Bonnie. I appreciate you. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6.
With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6. And help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Uh, yeah, it was Edwin Meese. I just looked it up. Uh, former U.S. Attorney General Edwin Meese and, and two law professors offered an amicus brief indicating that they believed that the special counsel, Jack Smith, his appointment was unconstitutional, which would leave him powerless to obtain a quick U.S. Supreme Court decision on immunity claims or anything else for that matter. Not clothed in the authority of the federal government, Smith is a modern example of the naked emperor, the December 20th amicus brief argued. Improperly appointed, he has no more authority to represent the United States in this court than Bryce Harper, Taylor Swift, or Jeff Bezos. The two law professors who co-wrote the brief with Mies, uh, Stephen Calabrese of Northwestern University and Gary Lawson of the Boston School of Law, summarized the argument in this way. The brief says that Attorney General Merrick Garland exceeded his statutory and constitutional authority when he appointed Smith in November of 2022. Because Smith's appointment was unconstitutional, every action he's taken since his appointment is now null and void. I don't expect that that will be determined to be the case. Um, I believe that courts will recognize Jack Smith at the same time. I don't think Jack Smith is going anywhere with regard to the cases against Donald Trump. The one that concerns me more than any of them, um, while we're talking about the cases against him, The leftist Democrats in Washington, D.C. have been unable to stop Trump in any other way. And they've tried. Trust me. I mean, you know, you are the smartest listeners on planet Earth. You're listening to Red Eye Radio. You understand this. And so they are now attempting to convict him of, pardon the phrase, trumped up charges in New York, I think the Alvin Bragg case in New York is just a nothing burger. It is a big, fat nothing burger. It's going nowhere. The charges against Trump in Washington, D.C., similarly, I don't believe they are going anywhere either. The charges in Florida are a little more problematic. Only in as much as they could have gotten Trump, or at least I can see a way that a jury would determine that Donald Trump would be guilty of a process crime. This is what the federal government, this is what the deep state does. They, If they don't have anything, they dig and they dig and they question and they question until such time as they find a small something that you have done or something that you said that was inconsistent with something that you did or said previous to that thing which you did or said, that they can then say, aha, we got you. You said this then, now you're saying this now. Those two things aren't consistent, so we get you on the process crime. The underlying crime doesn't matter anymore once they get the process. 
what they are suggesting is that the presence of some of these classified documents at Mar-a-Lago and some of the statements made by Trump and some of the actions taken by Trump to thumb his nose at some of the liberal individuals in D.C. that were out to get him, that perhaps he was in technical violation of the law. Remains to be seen. I do not believe that this is something that any other presidential candidate would go through. And I certainly don't believe that if it were anyone other than Donald Trump, he'd be going through it. And secondarily, I don't believe that any of this would be happening if Donald Trump wasn't running for president. You know how you make all these... If you if you want to understand in the easiest fashion possible how this is a political prosecution and persecution, let me make it easy for you. Ask yourself this question. Would any of these charges against Donald Trump be continued were he not running for president of the United States? Would any of these charges have been brought if Donald Trump were not running for president of the United States of America? The easiest way to make all of this go away would be for Trump to say, I'm out. One of the reasons that I believe that Trump has American interest at his heart, more so than what some would classify as his personal interest or his personal narcissism, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. I think anyone running for president of the United States has a certain level of narcissism. One of the reasons that I believe that it's more than that for Donald Trump is the fact that he is putting himself up to public service at great personal risk. He is setting himself up for the possibility that those that want to get him would get him. And none of this would be going on were he not running for president. But he is. And I believe his heart's in the right place as he is. 86690 red eye that's 86690 red eye Matt Murphy in for Eric and Ga- uh, Gary on Red Eye Radio. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by House Products, tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. Most of the nation is tranquil weather-wise during this Christmas week, with one notable exception. We do have a small area of disruptive weather focused across western and central sections of Nebraska and South Dakota. That extends into parts of neighboring states like North Dakota, Wyoming, and even as far south as eastern Colorado and northwestern Kansas. All those areas experiencing Christmas Day and post-Christmas wind and snow, resulting in some localized disruptions to transportation, such as holiday travel, as well as some stress on livestock. So just how tranquil was Christmas Day weather nationwide? USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says Bing was spot on in singing he was dreaming of a white Christmas as no cover coverage for the United States as a whole was a little under 18 percent. The lowest amount since reliable weather records came into existence 20 years ago. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
It is Red Eye Radio. My name is Matt Murphy, and thank you for the opportunity to speak all across America and around the globe on said same. Thank you to Gary McNamara, Eric Harley, and before I forget, thank you so much to Brian and Alan and the rest of the crew back at home base of Red Eye Radio. I so appreciate your making this such an easy task on these nights that I have the opportunity to do this. It is my pleasure. It is my privilege. And I appreciate each and every one of you for listening to Red Eye Radio. Thank you so much. I promised I would get to the story of the Tesla factory worker that was, quote, attacked by, invariably, the headlines have this. I mean, no matter the news source outlet that you go to, to read this story, they refer to the robot attacking a human being, which is not at all what happened, but... You know, why let the truth get in the way of a good story? We'll get into that in just a moment. Right now, Sandy has been waiting. Yes. Calling from Oregon. Hey, Sandy, how are you? Hey, now. Thank you very much for taking my call. My pleasure. Appreciate it. Sure. Um, I, I have personal experience from Governor Gavin Newsom. Um, I lived in Reno almost all my life since second grade, and I wake up, and I've got half of California in my backyard in Reno. <laughs> it was like over maybe 22,000 people per month coming in and moving in. It was Tesla and Switch and all these other things going on. There's a real hubbub of Democrats. It's, I call it Californication. I'm sorry. And then, you know, um, Newsom, he likes to kick the can down the road, and that that. California was such a beautiful state, and this is a gorgeous state, and now it's a perfect reflection of his life condition. And, um, you know... Well, California did not become a California did not become accessible because of Gavin Newsom, but Gavin Newsom has certainly helped it along the way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, he's taxed it out the max, and over 4 million people have moved out of there. And if you tax all the rich people, then where's all your money going anyway? And then we've got, you know, all the people in Hollywood that are a part of this whole cabal, and and they helped with everything. And, you know, I'm sorry, but God does promise us to punish those who lie. It's just not going to hold up. Lies just don't hold. Well, I'm not yeah, about I'm, to be, you I'm know, even without me. even without having visited the state. And, and thank you, Sandy, for the telephone call. I, As I said earlier, I'm almost embarrassed to say at the age of 50 that I've not been to California. And I'm not. I would like to go at some point. I don't dismiss going to California. However, I don't have to have that in my life. There was a time when it was a bucket list item. I wanted to go to San Francisco. I wanted to see the Golden Gate Bridge. And I still, to a certain degree, do. But not at the risk of my life, for goodness sake. And some of the stories you hear out of California and some of the more populated areas like San Francisco, Los Angeles, and the like, Sacramento or whatnot, sounds disturbing, to say the least. And despicable, at worst. A hellscape, if you will. And so there was a time where I would have been a bit embarrassed to say that I've not been there. I never made it out there. And, uh, you know, one of these days we might get there. But what I do understand from people who have lived there and lived there for general, I mean, my uh, cohort and uh, a name that is familiar to you on Red Eye Radio, you'll hear him tomorrow evening and tomorrow morning, Dan Mandis. 
originally from California, and he describes it the same way, that it, it's a beautiful area. It's a beautiful part of the country. Sadly, it has been destroyed and dismantled by liberal politics, by greedy politicians who consider themselves the center of the world and believe that they can micromanage every aspect of our lives to the point that they micromanage themselves out of a population. They tax themselves out of a population. It's... um. It's a sad state of affairs in many parts of California. Good people leaving that state because of bad government and bad governance. All right. The Tesla story, which is absolutely fabulous, in my opinion. Uh, the headline, Tesla factory worker attacked by robot that dug its claws into back and arm, according to a report. A Tesla software engineer suffered serious injury when he was attacked by him. I don't mean to laugh, by the way. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but... The, the nature of how this story is written indicates a certain level of malice by the robot and a certain level of intentionality by the robot, which I don't think existed. But I'm going to read the story as written because I think it's funnier that way. A Tesla software engineer suffered serious injury when he was attacked by a malfunctioning robot on the floor of the electric car maker's factory in Austin, Texas. Witnesses told the information last month. Now, the information in this story is an actual news gathering organization called The Information. I think it's theinformation.com, so I don't want to confuse you. Witnesses told The Information last month that the robot, which was designed to move aluminum car parts, pinned the engineer and sank its metal claws into his back and arm, leaving a trail of blood across the floor. It's like he was Terminator, and he was going after this guy. This guy was, uh, uh, what is, not Sarah O'Connor, the kid's name. I don't, I forget the name of the kid. John Connor? John Connor. Are you Sarah Connor? Come with, John Connor, come with me if you want to live. The engineer was programming software that controls the robots, whose job it is to cut, cut car parts from the freshly cast pieces of aluminum. While two of the robots were disabled, a third was not. And due to that non-disabling, that robot was able to attack. More in a moment. It's Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, from the Uniden America Studios. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Matt Murphy. It is indeed Matt Murphy. Thank you to Gary. Thank you to Eric for allowing me the opportunity to be with you on Red Eye Radio. Normally, you hear me in Nashville, Tennessee, on Supertalk 99.7 WTN. Find more on me at 997WTN.com. 997WTN.com. You can also find me on social media platforms of your choosing. I'm on them all. I'm on the I'm on the Instagram and I'm on the Facebook and I'm all. Of, but if you want to find and communicate with me, uh, you can do so by going over to the X machine that's formerly known as Twitter. If 
find me at Matt Murphy Show, M-A-T-T-M-U-R-P-H-Y-S-H-O-W. I'd love to hear from you, and thank you for giving me this opportunity to be with you over the course of the night and the morning on Red Eye Radio. So, Tesla software engineer suffers, I mean, I understand the headline is is pretty good, that a software engineer was attacked by a robot. The software engineer wasn't really attacked by a robot. The robot was just doing its job, what the robot was programmed to do, and the software engineer kind of got in the way. Here's the story. The engineer was programming software that controls the robots, whose job it is to cut out parts from freshly cast pieces of aluminum. While two of the robots were disabled so the engineer and his crew could work on the machines, a third was inadvertently left on, resulting in the attack, according to eyewitnesses. And here's the interesting thing. This thing is splashing all over headlines. I saw it on, I don't normally go to Drudge anymore, but I saw it on Drudge Report. I saw it on the New York Post website. I saw it on a variety of different platforms over the last several days. And you may have heard of this before you heard me talking about it now on Red Eye Radio. This thing happened two years ago. Two years ago. The news site The Information said it obtained an injury report that was submitted to federal officials as well as to health authorities in Travis County, Texas. The injury was a... Now, at the top end of the story... The line was, a Tesla software engineer suffered serious injuries when he was, quote, attacked by a malfunctioning robot, indicating some sort of intention on the attack, which wasn't the case. The robot did not become sentient in any way. Then later on in the story, here's another line that might seem to be going a little against the previous line. The injury was apparently not severe enough to require the employee to take any time off from work. So it was severe enough where it left a trail of blood across the Tesla factory, but not severe enough that he had to take a day off of work. I think I might have taken a day if I got attacked by a robot. One way or the other, I I think we're... A step or two. I admit that I've not kept up with AI enough as I should have. And it kind of crept up on me. This conversation about artificial intelligence and the idea that you can put something, you can program things. I mean, it's a little bit foreign to me. And I admit I'm a bit naive when it comes to the abilities of computers. If you put something into a computer, I understand these these AI chat, these chatbots or whatever. You can literally put something into an AI program and you can have it spit out, regurgitate results. So if you tell an AI program to, I don't know, write you a story uh, about whatever it is you want to write about, a girl and a pony and a field, and it will come out with this beautiful prose about some girl and a pony in a field. Or if you tell it to draw you a picture of certain things, Artificial intelligence can do that. That's a far cry from actually being able to process and think for itself. And I think we're we're a step or two away from any sort of self-awareness on the part of computers. However, this sort of headline drives clicks, and I guess that's what it's all about. Driving those clicks, baby. Speaking of driving those clicks, uh, if you are not familiar with the Babylon Bee. 
and I, I want to get this story in here because I think it's important that we have a good time. I think it's important that with all of the bad news going on, with the war happening overseas, uh, with Israel fighting for its very existence, an existential threat in the form of Hamas, that's happening. America is slowly but surely being drawn into that conflict through uh, the attacks in Iraq, through the attacks in Iraq. I mean, there's a lot of bad news going on in the news today, even during this week, this holiest of week weeks for the Christian faith. But I want to leave you with a little bit of good news, or at least a little uh, a little funny to lighten the mood in the early morning hours. The Babylon Bee is a perfect place to do that. If you're unfamiliar with the Babylon Bee, it is a wonderful parody or satire website. And this strikes a perfect tone for me. The story was originally presented a couple of years ago, and they have represented it on the Babylon Bee. Now, once again, the Babylon Bee is a better version of The Onion. If you're familiar with The Onion, these are uh, these are satirical websites that, that just strike a chord. Uh, they're very funny. Here's the headline. Man in critical condition after hearing slightly differing viewpoint. Dateline, Glendale, California. A man was rushed to the hospital yesterday after encountering a slightly different viewpoint than his own. Slur- uh, uh, pardon me. Shortly before 12.30 p.m., Glendale police officers responded to a 911 call at the Java Lounge Coffee House in the 900 block of North Emerson Road. They found a person who had collapsed in shock and went to the station for help. Witnesses say the man was having a casual conversation about politics with another patron when the minutely opposing viewpoint was expressed. Quote, they were both Democrats, Bernie supporters, said Janice Houston, a barista at the Java Lounge. Then the guy he was talking to said that he had some issues with abortion and thinks there should be at least a few limitations put on the practice. That's when the man seized up and began foaming at the mouth. It was terrible. Four other bystanders were also emotionally injured by the moderately divergent opinion, but were not hospitalized. The man is being kept stable on ideology support at St. Francis Medical Center, surrounded by friends and family who agree with him 100% on every single issue. The man who suggested the slightly differing opinion fled the scene. Anyone with information is asked to alert the authorities. That from the that from the Babylon B. You can find more at babylonb.com. Any good parody or satire strikes a ring of truth in society nowadays. And boy, oh boy, there's nothing more true than in our woke society. Any divergent viewpoint from your own must be destroyed, must be condemned, must be taken down. And we see it all the time. All the time. In the meantime, there's an opinion piece out by Newt Gingrich, the former Speaker of the House. He hails from the state of Georgia, my home state, regarding John Kerry and John Kerry's viewpoint regarding the pollution around the world and how it is affecting human beings and the world at large. And Newt Gingrich is of the opinion, and I would concur with this, that John Kerry is absolutely crazy. As a matter of fact, that's the first line of the opinion piece. It's from the Washington Times, and it goes like this. John Kerry is crazy. This is not hyperbole or exaggeration. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the word crazy means not mentally sound, marked by thought or action that lacks reason. 
And I'm convinced that John Kerry's truly crazy. John Kerry, you remember John Kerry. I'm John Kerry reporting for duty. John Kerry. How old is Lurch? I mean, he's got to be 80, right? Well, he remains the climate change czar under the Biden administration. And he enjoys running around the country in private jets, explaining that private jets are going to kill all of humanity. And as Newt puts it, I was convinced that John Kerry was truly crazy after seeing his recent emotional speech at the United Nations Climate Change Conference. John Kerry pleaded with all in attendance that we must, as human beings, listen to this closely now, End all coal-burning power plant construction in the world. This was precisely an example of the statement marked by thought or action that lacks reason. Meaning that you are by definition crazy if you actually believe this. While speaking for the United States, and I'm reading from the Newt piece, not merely as a private citizen climate extremist, John Kerry articulated bold but unrealistic goals. At the same conference, according to CNBC, the president of the conference, Sultan al-Jabir, claimed that there was, quote, no science behind calls for a phase-out of fossil fuels. However, John Kerry would disagree. The president of the conference asserted that outlawing fossil fuels would set humanity back centuries. However, John Kerry was undeterred, asserting, I'm becoming more... Well, let me do it in the John Kerry voice. I'm becoming more and more militant about this because we're not getting where we need to be. And as Newt notes, Newt Gingrich debated John Kerry on environmental issues in 2007, and he was militant and crazy then. He's just more militant and more crazy now. However, it would be one thing if he were a private citizen, but he represents the United States of America at these conferences. Can you imagine what other countries think of us? There was a time when we were revered and even feared as the leader of the world. Not just the free world, the world. I fear that they are now laughing at us. They laugh at us because of Joe Biden. They laugh at us because of Anthony Blinken. They laugh at us because of Lloyd Austin. They laugh at us because of John Kerry. We're not world leaders. We don't take a stand. We are feckless and weak, as demonstrated by our leadership. It is one of the reasons why 2024 is, dare I say, the most important year in my lifetime, maybe in our existence as Americans, as a world. We'll wrap it up in a moment. Gary and Eric are out. Matt Murphy's in. We've got one more segment. It's Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
Red Eye Radio wrapping up a wonderful time with you. I appreciate Eric Harley, Gary McNamara, Brian and uh, Alan and the rest of the crew giving me an opportunity to be with you uh, this morning. Let's wrap up with the most Googled items of 2023. Google, which celebrated its 25th anniversary this year. 25 years of Google? 25 years of the Google machine? Seems hard to believe. They released their annual year-in search list that reveals what Americans searched the most over the past year. This is the United States of America and searches over the past year. The most searched news item of the year was the Israeli-Hamas war, followed by the Titan submersible, a news story that I had forgotten but was just reminded about. Titan submersible back in June, it absolutely took the world by storm. The Ocean Gate Titan submersible that lost communication during a dive to view the Titanic. It was eventually determined that it had had a catastrophic implosion resulting in the death of all on board. Of the people making news headlines this year, Damar Hamlin topped the list of the most searched people for 2023. Hamlin, a safety for the Buffalo Bills, you might recall, collapsed on the field during a game in January after suffering cardiac arrest. He was thought to potentially be dying on the field, but was eventually revived and um, has um, fully recovered. It's our understanding. Jeremy Renner, who was injured in a snowplow incident, was also widely searched. Other notable searches for people were Kansas City Chiefs tied in Travis Kelsey. No doubt a bunch of Swifties trying to figure out who the hell Travis Kelsey is. Also, former Fox News host Tucker Carlson made the list. Of uh, of the deaths across the United States of America, Matthew Care- uh, Perry, sadly, uh, was the most searched celebrity death in 2023. He died at the age of 54 fairly recently. Sudden death sent shockwaves around the country. Uh, other commonly searched celebrity deaths include Tina Turner, Jerry Springer, Jimmy Buffett, and Sinead O'Connor, who died. Man, I had forgotten that Sinead O'Connor died at the age of 56. Most popular movie searched in 2023 was Barbie, followed by Oppenheimer and the Sound of Freedom. Barbie stars Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling were one of the most uh, popular searches of 2023 for movie stars. And for songs, the top searched song of 2023, two of them, Jason Aldean's Try That in a Small Town, Followed by Oliver Anthony, rich men north of Richmond. So there you go. The top searched items on Google for 2023. Uh, Thank you to Gary. Thank you to Eric. Thank you to Brian and the rest of the crew. And thank you to each and every one of you. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to talk with you on Red Eye Radio. Find me at 997WTN.com, 997WTN.com, or at Matt Murphy Show on the X Machine. You've been listening to Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot, but Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah, can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was three page makeout scene that just kept going? Good lord, we get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.